Welcome to the Self-Love Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Rosenberg. I am the author of The Human Magnet Syndrome, The Codependent Narcissist Trap, and the creator of the Codependency Cure and Hitch Trauma Resolution Treatment Programs. If you identify with codependency, which I renamed the Self-Love Deficit Disorder, or you're caught in the crosshairs of narcissistic abuse or gaslighting, you've come to the right place. Expect the very best information that I know, whether from my own personal journey of recovery or through my 35 years of professional experience. What separates my work from others is my understanding of the origin of the problem, the solutions, and the necessity to take responsibility for one's broken picker that always points them to the dream of the soulmate, but the nightmare of the cellmate. So join my self-love recovery community and set your sights on the cure, self-love abundance. Today I'm going to do something different. I'm going to talk about a concept that was first discovered probably around 2012 when I was touring the United States giving trainings to other therapists on what would become my Human Magnet Syndrome book. And the concept is called pathological loneliness. Not a lot has changed since the very first time I created a YouTube video on the subject. What I wanted to reach back in time and present an edited video of three of my best YouTube video descriptions on pathological loneliness. The first one was recorded in December 12, 2013. The second, April 4, 2015 and the third, March 3rd, 2016. For those who are gonna watch this on YouTube, you'll get to see the aging process in me. But for those who are listening to it on my podcast, you won't be so fortunate. I need to apologize for the sound quality. Back then, I did not really have the right equipment, but the content, I think, is gonna be valuable. For many, this might be a good reminder and for a whole bunch more, it might be information that might make a really big difference in her life. Please enjoy. Being alone and loneliness are not the same. Being alone is a description of where you are in any given moment. You can be quite happy and quite content while you're alone. Or being alone can be a very painful and for some lonely experience. Loneliness is not just an emotional feeling or condition when you're not around people. How many times have we been around people and felt disconnected or lonely? For many, loneliness is a feeling that, that pervades their life, that follows them, whether they're in a big crowd, they're at work, or they're at home alone. So why do so many people feel lonely? Is it because they lack friends, they lack social opportunities, that they're actually alone? It's my experience that the loneliness is deeply embedded in their personal and psychological experience with themselves. In other words, loneliness is not so much what's happening in the very moment and how you feel in any given time. It's deeply connected. It's rooted in one's childhood. During my own recovery from codependency, I often struggled with loneliness. It was difficult to be at home by myself because the pain that accompanied loneliness was palpable. It almost felt physical. Many people survive their loneliness by trying to either distract themselves or self-medicate. Because when they do think about it, when they do become honest with themselves, they realize that they're not happy in their own skin. They feel ashamed. They have self-doubt. 
and their self-esteem is usually pretty low. But if we're going to solve this terrible condition of loneliness, we have to look at its cause, its roots. It's just not how we think. It's just not dysfunctional thought processes or distorted thinking. It's about our thoughts about who we are, where we are in our life. Are we happy with who we are? Are we happy where we are in a relationship or at work? To solve this loneliness problem, we have to go back and find out what happened to ourselves. Why and when did we start to feel so discontent, unhappy, and perhaps even angry and ashamed of ourselves? Because loneliness cannot exist if you feel good about yourself, if you love yourself. To solve the loneliness problem, we have to learn to love ourselves. We have to find out where did it go wrong for us? What happened to us? People that do not struggle with loneliness feel good in their own skin. They love themselves. They feel good about themselves despite not being where they want to be or not being with people that they want to be with. If you're going to conquer and get past the gnawing feeling of loneliness, if you want to fight back, you have to discover how to love yourself. You have to discover that you truly are worthy of your own love. I know it's almost cliche, but truly, the greatest love is to love oneself. It is inconceivable to love someone in a healthy and enduring way and not love yourself. It's impossible to love others if you are ashamed and angry about who you are. No one can ever take away that feeling of loneliness. No one can ever make your self-esteem better. It's in you. It can't be taken away by another person. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. If we're going to finally stop that insanity, finally reach out, perhaps to a therapist, go beyond our sad, angry, self-loathing feelings and find peace. It's only through this process, this transformative process, this journey, this healing path, are we going to finally look at loneliness square in the eyes and we're going to finally let it go. It takes courage. It takes guts. Get out of that darkness. Get out of the sadness. Get out of the pity party of your life and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I don't want to be lonely anymore. There comes a point where the pain needs to lead you to heal those wounds, those traumas that taught them that they're just not okay. I promise you, one step at a time, you're going to fall in love with yourself. I know that sounds corny, but it's true. We start to love ourselves. We start to appreciate ourselves. We start to cut ourselves some slack. We start to have empathy for ourselves. We start to forgive ourselves. In this process of self-forgiveness, we build a foundation that becomes resilient to loneliness. So I say to you, if you feel lonely, look yourself in the mirror. Look deeply into your eyes. And if you see loneliness, what you're seeing is a person who has pain and unresolved trauma. It's time to take care of it. Because I promise you, absolutely promise you, if you do the work, you can get to the other side. Because I used to be a very lonely person. But now... I can enjoy the freedom of being alone. And if I do ever find myself feeling lonely, to me, that's a sign. That's a sign that I need to look at something inside, a time for me to look at what is the cause and to solve it. Don't let loneliness get you down. Fight back. Fall in love with yourself. And being alone just might not be that bad. I've come to understand that codependency is a secondary condition. It's really a symptom of deeper problems. And when we understand codependency is not the problem that we treat, but a problem that is caused by something deeper, we therapists have a better opportunity to solve the problem. 
codependency really is a product of deep shame, but more than that, of trauma. The type of trauma that I'm speaking of is attachment trauma. And attachment trauma is what occurs during the early years of one's life during which they are bonding with their parent. If a child has a narcissistic parent, they cannot be loved unconditionally. A child who learns to survive or cope with this difficult environment learns to be the nice child, the pleasing child, the trophy child. This trophy child um, figures out a way to get or stimulate their narcissistic parent to love them. So early on, they become a human doing versus a human being. Or in other words, they learn to get love or to be worthy of love. You have to listen carefully and watch and scan one's environment to figure out what you need to do to make someone else happy. This child who learns to make the narcissist happy, and there's many ways to do this, gets what he or she needs to survive their childhood. But what they don't get is a feeling of self-worth or self-love. At the very core of this codependent is a sense of loneliness that is deeply painful. It burns with pain. And the only way that the codependent can solve or get rid of this loneliness is to find someone that will take it away. And since they are geared towards falling in love with a narcissist, as described in human magnet syndrome, they find that the relationship with a narcissist takes away that feeling of loneliness and makes them feel comfortable in their own skin. So when in a relationship with a narcissist, the codependent feels complete. The codependent who needs another person to feel good about themselves is battling or running away from toxic levels of loneliness. Talk to any codependent or perhaps yourself that outside of a relationship, there's a feeling of intense loneliness painful loneliness. Now, this loneliness can be traced back to attachment trauma, but the codependent, to avoid the loneliness, finds themselves attracted to the narcissist. And when they're in that relationship, it's dysfunctional, but the loneliness is held at bay. But when they are facing the opportunity or the situation of leaving the narcissist, or the narcissist should leave them, or they should be alone, or maybe broken up for a while, they experience that loneliness. Now, this loneliness goes all the way back to their childhood. This toxic loneliness is what I call codependency's number one withdrawal symptom. So if codependency is an addiction, and in order to feel um, uh, the euphoria or the, the drug of sorts, the codependent needs to be in a relationship with a narcissist. It's counterintuitive because codependents aren't always happy with a narcissist because, of course, there's fights and arguments and you know, narcissists are narcissists. But when they are in a relationship, albeit not always happy, they feel like they have a place on this earth. They feel like they belong to someone. Take that away. Be outside of the relationship. Break up with the relationship or break up with the narcissist. The codependent feels or gets in touch with the core shame that is connected to the core trauma. And that evokes the intense pathological levels of loneliness. So if you are an alcoholic, or for that matter, um, a heroin addict, and you would stop your drug of choice, you would go into intense withdrawal symptoms. 
and the codependent experience is the same. Ask any codependent who is in that situation. They will talk about the intense feelings of loneliness, the craving to go back to someone who they know is harmful, but will satiate um, that part of them that wants to be connected. I know this as a recovering codependent. Loneliness is enemy number one. If we are going to recover from codependency, we have to understand the power of loneliness. I say to you, if you are going to take the very big step of breaking free from your narcissist, you have to prepare for excruciating levels of psychological pain, mainly loneliness. Much like I would say to my clients who are alcoholics, you have to prepare for DTs or withdrawal symptoms, and they last for seven days to 14 days. Unfortunately, codependency addiction is much worse. The pathological or toxic levels of loneliness last for upwards to four to eight weeks when in therapy. It's important to say when in therapy. And I have seen, without a doubt, over and over again, my codependent clients go beyond this loneliness. Your number one enemy in, in codependency recovery is to battle and to overcome the pathological levels of loneliness. Because of that fact, there, there is so much that you should do. First, have a therapist. Have a therapist that understands codependency and understands the withdrawal symptoms of codependency, mainly loneliness. Have a therapist that can connect the loneliness to the trauma and understand that this is really a reiteration of childhood trauma that you probably have never thought about or faced because that is, that is the key in getting better. Third, connection. Loneliness is the antithesis of connection. Loneliness can be solved through connection. And that is either through a codependency support group, a codependency 12-step group, um, church, synagogue, mosque. Um, there's so many ways that one can connect. The problem with loneliness, the loneliness as a withdrawal symptom from codependency it messes with your thought processes. It only tells you that loneliness goes away if you go back to the narcissist. Well, don't listen to it. Loneliness goes away when you connect with other people and you solve the primary problem of codependency. It's the absence of self-love. You have to learn that you don't have to give up everything about yourself in order to be loved. And find out that people love you just for who you are. So in closing, I want to tell you the antidote to codependency. The antidote to codependency is self-love. The absence of self-love is pathological levels of loneliness, core shame, and being controlled by this by your attachment trauma. Codependency therapy and recovery is really about learning how to love oneself or healing those wounds that prevent ourselves to love others or to be loved. And once we figure this out, and once we master it, then we start to feel good about ourselves. We start to love ourselves. The loneliness goes away. One thing that I learned, loneliness is the core feeling. Well, I call it pathological loneliness. It's the core feeling that someone who has a self-love deficit, or what I call self-love deficit disorder, they're lacking um, self-esteem self-respect and they feel 
alone in the world when they're not with someone. Mm -hmm. When they're not with someone, they experience a sense of loneliness that hurts. The withdrawal symptom that the person with self-love deficit disorder or the SLD has is pathological loneliness. It's almost like if, if uh, you were an alcoholic, the withdrawal symptom is nausea and anxiety. Um, they're both addictions. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have self-love and you are what people used to call codependent and you either break up with your dysfunctional mate, who's probably a narcissist, you're going to be hit with that withdrawal symptom of loneliness, pathological loneliness, and that hurts so much, it's gonna draw you back to that relationship or make you suffer until you find someone new. It would be a simple question if you said, so how do we recuperate from um, a fall in a relationship, whether it's a breakup, a loss, and how do we avoid feeling pathological loneliness? The core issue is not the breakup. The core issue is how much do you love yourself and um, how, how resilient you are. If you are, if you are not that resilient, I am wondering what happened to you um, in your lifetime that hurt you so much that you can't bounce back from a loss in a relationship and be hopeful and optimistic. Um, to find someone else. Because if you don't have that self-love, that confidence, that belief in yourself, you're left with um, shame and negativity and pessimism. And that is where the loneliness comes about. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Building a self-love recovery community means the world to me. Spread the word. Let people know what we're talking about. And until we meet next, I'd like to leave you my favorite of all sayings by George Eliot. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Don't forget that. Our future is in our hands, despite what anyone has told you before. You can be the self-love abundant person you've always dreamt of. It's your birthright.